Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinooki. We acknowledge the Satina, Hura Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Well, what happened was, is, uh, um, now, do you remember uh, Brady? Oh, you? God, he's like one of my best friends, man. When he died, it was like the light world changed for me. Well, similar to him, yeah. because basically uh, um, Brady was out, uh, he, was, he was at an event, and when he was leaving, uh, Don Meisner, I don't know if you know who he is. I love Don too. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, big, big good big, man, big good friend. Man. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I don't, I, I wanted to say big fan, but I don't like to. You, you know, know what? I know what you mean. Myself. Yeah, I know. So what he's you mean. a he's a really good man that I I've come to know and respect. Yeah, you know. Me too. Uh, anyway, this uh, same thing. Uh, he came out and he was, uh, uh, he was wiping his car off, and then uh, uh, Brady came out, and all of a sudden he wasn't there, and he came down. Yeah. And he, you know, it was the same thing with Joe. Were you, the, oh, was it? It, uh, it was a cardiac, uh, there's cardiac arrest, which is a heart attack. And there's a coronary, a cardiac uh, something or other. And what it is, it's, it's basically when your, your system just shuts down. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, communicating with his wife a, a little bit. And uh, he, he basically went out and he was just on his way out to go somewhere one morning. Yeah. And then uh, his neighbor noticed that he just hit the ground. Jesus. Like he yeah. just dropped that. He just dropped, eh? God. Man. But, you know, the one thing that I love uh, about uh, Joe. I, I always got a kick out of him. Oh, man. well, I'll tell you something. He was a, an incredible inspiration to me. But the thing I loved about uh, Joe was is he really got it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, he, he did 10 years and he, and he slipped and, and yeah. you know, he got it. And he was very unique, right? Oh, but, very much so, very much. Yeah, very, yeah. you know. But uh, him and I actually had a, a good friendship because he was one of my first, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, sponsors? Sponsor? Uh, temporary sponsor. Yeah? Yeah. So he was my first temporary sponsor, and uh, we became friends. Uh, uh, he was there uh, for my first uh, uh, year mm-hmm. at 1835. And um, he was just, a, like I say, a really good guy. Yeah. 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 Now, listen. I know we were probably. He always there. wanted to help too. So. Yeah. yeah. Did I did I put a water bottle down somewhere? I'll just. I don't think so. No, no. you didn't have it. Now, gentlemen, if we do start at six, is that going to be okay? Or. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you don't mind, because I might run out because my what I'm getting kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, for I, sure. I, I brush yeah. I brush my teeth with uh, one of those weird tooth uh, toothpaste mm. that really dry your mouth out. Oh God, yeah, that gets all <laughs> sticky and gummy in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I can get you a glass of water too if you want. Well, you know what? That would be good. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, instead I, of having to run outside. Well, thank you, Dave. I yeah. appreciate that. You're 
Very good. Yeah, trust me, I'm not, uh, I'm not as loose as, as I usually am because like I'm, you know, I'm pretty, but that's all right. You know, it's, I, I'm here, right? That's right. That yeah. looks like so <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I shut this phone off. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I always have to remember to do that too. Yeah, like I was hoping, like I was thinking it'd be nice if I could just read it off this, but. You do whatever is easiest for you. Right on. Water doesn't look great, but it's okay. Well, it's, I'm yeah. drinking the same water, just so you know. Yeah, well, I'm, you know how we, we uh, like, I'm not a really fussy guy, and I don't have a lot of luxuries in life, mm -hmm. but one thing I did do is I got myself one of those uh, soda stream machines. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's, yeah. once you've had that, right, it's kind of. If you want to run down and grab your bottle, you sure can. Uh, you know what, I, I'm. You're good? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to show how much I can not be a, a princess. <laughs> <laughs> As Darcy and I both drink out of our water bottles. Yeah. 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 No, that's okay. There's one person here who's not a princess right now, and it's Wayne. That's right. <laughs> the rest of the no. other two here are princesses. Well, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, through life, we become sensitive. Eh? And like, I, oh, yeah. I know that alcoholics, you know, I don't, I, like, it, it seems to me that from what I, what I can see is, is uh, there's just, some, there's just a, a, a jagged edge that kind of, clips us in such a way that mm. I think sometimes like we're all going to be throughout our life even though we try mm -hmm. we're always going to be you know sensitive oh yeah I'm a very sensitive human man yeah, yeah. and you see I and I make no apologies for that yeah. because it, it's there's good parts and bad parts to that yeah. right the truth is that's just the truth I just am a sensitive human and the longer I argued against it the worse it got right so at some point it's, it pays dividends to just accept who we are and well, push yeah. forward. And right. I am sensitive. I do have thick skin too, but I'm also sensitive about some things, right? Some things I could, like Darcy and I were joking about some stuff beforehand um, that I would never say in open rooms or anything. And we were joking, but that's just to cope with the, the difficulties of life. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, well, now, if you are uh, recording this uh, and if you're going to be editing it a little bit, uh, I, I first want to uh, start off by just, you know, well, this, well, we won't do our official start yet, if you don't mind. But I will say that, uh, Dave, in case I forget to say it before, I, mm -hmm. I, in the future here, I'm very happy that you asked me to do this, but I'm very, but Dave, I'll tell you something. I've always, uh, they always say, you know, you know, watch, you know, you know, just watch the winners and watch the people. You know, the thing is, is, is you have something that I'm still trying to attain. Mm. You and I were at a, you're, you won't remember this, but we were at a uh, NA party years ago. And, you know, we, I was talking to you and there's a bunch of people goofing around and that. And I, and, you know, people were kind of like being horses ass and mm. just kind of be a little rude to you. And, and I said, well, Dave, how, and you said, I just don't fucking care. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you said that, of course, you can take that in many ways. Mm -hmm. But knowing you, what that told me was, is like, I just don't worry about what other people think or mm -hmm. whatever. 
and I wasn't there. I, in, yeah. You know, and, yeah, I know and, what you mean. And you know that that uh, that was a, a real uh, inspiration to me. Oh wow! It was one of those yeah. aha moments, and it didn't come like you know yeah. right away, but it came. Well, it know? didn't come right away for me either. Oh, you know, well. it took it takes it takes being barked at by a bunch of barking dogs for a long period of time before, and you have to be able to get like skilled at handling the barking dogs as best you can. Oh yeah. And it wasn't, it's not like I don't care what people think of me. I do. I absolutely do. Um, it, what, but the, the essence of that statement is that what people think of me isn't going to dictate what I do. Right. That's not what, what people think of me or what they think yeah. I should do. That's not going to tell me what I need to do. But, but you didn't always feel that way, did you? Oh, God, no. Thank you. Yeah, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I, I remember once telling a doctor that I said, yeah, I said, you know, I just don't like it when people tell me what to do, eh? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, really? He said, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically trying to say, right? you know, so. So you know what, guys? I got too much to, written down there. I'll just use this, but I'm going to go. I'll just go with it. You just go with, you just, yep. whatever you want to do, Wayne, thank yep. you for coming in, man. Well, thank you so much. And gentlemen, I just want you to know that uh, I, I uh, listened to the show. And, oh, right uh, on. Thank you. You know, when, when, I, when I consider you having me mm -hmm. here, you know, next to some of the people that, uh, you know, have told their stories, mm -hmm. I do consider this a real uh, a privilege and an honor. Oh, thank you, Wayne. It's, a, it's an honor for us to have you here, man. Well, thank you so yeah, much. We're, yeah, we're just lucky, man. We're so lucky to be able to get to know people and, of course, to get to reconnect to people that we already know. And exactly. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. And I've never heard your story. So well, oh, 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 yeah. Gosh, okay. Well, well. I know. Out of all the time. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I, I was I was thinking about something uh, a while ago, and of course, you know, you have all these uh, uh, thoughts going through your head. But you know, like my story, like you know, isn't like a lot of people's stories are like an action adventure or something. Mm -hmm. eh? You know, like they got like they burnt their life down and mm -hmm. they did all this and that. And uh, you know, like if mine would be more like a, a sleeper, you know, sort mm -hmm. of like. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Napoleon Dynamite, you know, it's yep. like it's not for everybody, but if you get it, you get it, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good good way to describe it for yeah. all of us, though. I think we're all a little like that. Well, right? exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, if I could start off by just saying that uh, I know that, and if it's okay for me to mention people's names because they use mm -hmm. their names, uh, I just listened to Karen Robinson's story yeah. uh, a little while ago, and and this was back whenever uh, a little while ago, and she had mentioned that she's going in for an operation. Mm -hmm. uh, in two days on the seventh. Yeah. So uh, I just uh, want to put a, a, a shout out to her. And uh, would it be okay if I just said a real quick prayer? Of course, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for this opportunity to share my story. Thank you for these two men that uh, are here, uh, giving their time. And I just want to uh, just pray for Karen. Uh, Karen Robinson. Uh, she's just. She's a miracle, and uh, we just pray, God, that you'll continue to, uh, uh, you know, allow her to be a miracle, and you'll just allow this uh, uh, surgery to go well, and it'll be as painless as possible for her. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Right on. Thanks, Wayne. See, uh, I mean, I'm even polite when I pray, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's very nice of you to think about her today. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. you know, thanks, uh, man. Well, and thanks for reminding me that she has surgery coming up, because, yeah. yeah. Right on. Cool. Now take it away, sir. You just tell okay. us about yourself. Well, uh, first all of all. All the wonderful things that are Yeah, there. well, great. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to say that, uh, you know, I accept me for who I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm still working on it, right? But, you know, for, for years, like, you know, when you're in recovery, there's a, uh, there's a song by uh, Lou Rodeo, and it has a line in it that says, I've been torn apart, put back together with a couple of pieces and wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is I am who I am. And uh, it, for years, I didn't know really who I was. And that's what, you know, kind of put my journey on its course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, even, even uh, in recovery, you know, it took a long time for me to not uh, look at other people or like think, you know, like keep thinking that there was something that I had to do, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, or, or uh, you know, you're supposed to be doing it this way or what have you. And, uh, you know, or, or compare myself to others. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, um, my name is Wayne Burke, and uh, I don't mind, mind saying that. I am a uh, recovering alcoholic. Uh, I, I am originally from Moncton, New Brunswick. Uh, my fam- most of my family are there now. Uh, I have a sister that uh, is in uh, no- uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Um, I moved to Calgary in 1989. Uh, and that was a bit of a miracle with, within itself. Mm. Um, I grew up in a, uh, I guess what you call a, a second or probably third generation alcoholic family. Mm. Uh, my father was an alcoholic, my mother uh, wasn't, but uh, uh, they, you know, they, just like everybody, you know, uh, back then, you know, they had their hardships, uh, you know. The one thing that uh, I've always, that I've considered now, you know, uh, of course, now that I'm older and I and you know I I've been able to process things, but my father was a very good man, and he was an alcoholic, mm. and uh, you know un- well fortunately but unfortunately whatever like this was his path, uh, he was in AA for ten years and he was able to maybe put six months together mm-hmm. at a time you know, yeah. uh, but he was sober when he died and uh, you know. Um, I think that uh, my dad did the best that he could, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is I see now where, you know, alcoholism robbed him of the life that, you know, he could have had, yeah. should have had, right? So, uh, you know, because I know that he was, uh, he was a very capable person mm-hmm. and, you know, he was fortunate to, to actually work uh, at the same company that I ended up working at for 13 years. He was there for uh, 33 years. Wow. Uh, it was two years after he passed away that I started working there full time mm-hmm. and I worked right where he worked. So all of the guys that I worked with uh, knew me all my life, mainly, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was that that was a blessing and a curse in itself. You no know? doubt that would have been a little <laughs> bit of both. Well, what it what it was is it basically uh, uh, everybody looked at me as the kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And it in let's just say that it it uh, um, it didn't help me grow up, you know, in that mm-hmm. way. And of course, you know, just uh, the other the other ways that I didn't end up growing up, they all yeah. kind of went hand in hand, you know. So um, I wrote a f- few things down here, but I guess I know that I'm not, <laughs> it's a, I'm just gonna have to semi wing it here. But um, yeah, uh, my father had a, uh, um, you know, five other sisters and mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the exception of one, they were all alcoholics. So, uh, you know, um, uh, my, my upbringing uh, was, you know, I seen a lot of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I seen a lot of uh, uh, dysfunction. 
Uh, I just saw a lot of just basically uh, what, what I thought was just a maritime or life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like when I when I was drinking heavy, I just thought I was a good old boy, a good old maritimer, you know, just, yeah, you know, going for it, right? But mm-hmm. that wasn't it at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, so uh, I have, uh, now you just think about this now. I have two brothers and a sister. My mom and dad got married, and then they had uh, twins in January. And in the same year, they had another boy at, uh, in December. Mm-hmm. So that's three kids in one year. And, you know, they weren't really, just like a lot of other people, you know, they just weren't ready, you know, for mm-hmm. kids, right? Yeah. And especially my mom. So, you know, that was, that was pretty mm-hmm. rough. You can imagine my mom trying to deal with three kids and an alcoholic husband, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, life wasn't easy for my mom. Yeah. And, you know, my dad just, you know, did what he did, right? And, uh, you know, but the one thing I'll always say is that my dad was never abusive to my mom. Mm-hmm. He never cheated on her, you know, even though we didn't have uh, what a lot of people that my dad worked with had. You know, we, we always had a roof over our head and, you know, we always knew that, you know, there was love in the house. Eh? Mm-hmm. But there was dysfunction and, you know, um, I, I think regardless uh, of, you know, whatever path that that put me on i think that you know a lot of people feel that that uh, alcoholism you know is inherited Mm -hmm. and uh, i i choose to believe that i inherited that from Mm -hmm. from my dad uh so basically when i was growing up you know i was like uh the fourth of three kids and uh every like my brothers and sisters were five and six years oh five years older than me so you know i was like i was the baby yeah and um yeah, so uh, I grew up, uh, in, you know, like a lot of other kids, you know, just, you know, you know, fairly normal in those normal mm-hmm. in those younger years. But obviously, I think that there was something that you know was very sensitive, you know, yeah. that caused me to be quite sensitive. And I have a couple of stories about that. Uh, I remember um, my dad took me to Eaton's. Uh, you know, we went downtown. We we went to Eaton's. For the kids I, out there, Eaton's used to be a store. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we'll we'll uh, maybe uh, uh, try to uh, try to describe the uh, rotary phones as well. Eh? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Without video, it's like. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's just amazing. <clears throat> but uh, the I didn't mean to interrupt your story. Oh no no, ahead. Dave, please. I'm just happy you're here. We're all here, right? <laughs> um, Me too. No, but my, uh, so my dad brought me down and I, and, uh, you know, he brought me to see Santa <laughs> and I remember getting that picture and Santa was giving me like, just kind of like scowling at me. Right. Yeah. Or at least that's what I interpreted. So, um, I remember we had that picture on a table in our front room and I come home one day in grade one and I looked at that picture and it really I don't know if it hurt me or if it ticked me off, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I remember taking that picture and bringing it in the backyard, and we had an axe, and I cut that I cut that picture with it, like I chopped that picture with an axe. Wow! So you know that that told you something, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I got in you know nominal crap for that, obviously, mm-hmm. or what have you. Uh, and uh, there's another incident as well uh, that happened when I was, I think it was in the same year. There's a, a friend of mine, there's a, a well, he was a kind of a, a related, he was sort of semi-related in the family because mm-hmm. of, you know, marriage. Yeah. And uh, he had, his name was Andy LeBlanc, I remember, and he, 
he uh, had uh, his birthday on May 1st, and that was the seventh birthday, and we were both in, in, in you know, the same class mm -hmm. and everything. And he invited the same kids that I did, and he had every one of those kids show up. Yeah. You know, and they had a good party and everything was fine. Now, I had my birthday party on June 29th, and that was a long weekend. And I invited the same kids, and not one kid showed up to my party. Mm. So you can imagine, you know, yeah. that was devastating, right? And, you know, I didn't really realize how that affected me, but uh, I got to tell you something. I wore that like a badge. Mm -hmm. I remember I would tell that story anytime I had an opportunity. Yeah. And up until about maybe five years ago, when it was May 1st, I would always say, it's Andy LeBlanc's birthday. Hmm. You know, just like picking that scab, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like I thought that was funny almost, mm. right? But subconsciously, you know, we think, you know, we do things and we don't realize what the subconscious ramifications are mm -hmm. of those things. Yeah. You know? Well, so, and the brain's natural response to pain is to try uh, to make it something else. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, and yeah. uh, like I say, I just, uh, I, yeah, you know, uh, that was just like something that I, I've always hung on to and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful today that you know I was yeah. able to really let that go I mean I let it go and then I didn't but mm -hmm. because like in my uh, uh, four and five you yeah. know I that was one of the things I mentioned but uh, you know subconsciously like I say you mm -hmm. know? Uh, but yeah so uh, there's always alcoholic chaos in my life you know there's yeah. you know uh, you know relatives like my yeah, there's just, you know, always that, that chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I remember uh, when my dad started going to AA, uh, there was a, there was a, uh, um, in the summertime, they had like a big picnic, big barbecue. And it was out, you know, out in, out in somebody's acreage or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to that and everybody was sober and like, you know, of course, I was a kid and they had like, you know, games and they had like a barbecue, like they had food and, you know, mm -hmm. and things like this and, and games and prizes. And I got to tell you something at a, at, I think I was maybe nine or 10 at the time. Yeah. I acknowledged in my mind that that was the best day of my life. And the reason why that was the best day of my life is because there was no alcoholic chaos. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and, and, you know, that, that really sort of, uh, uh, came up a lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. when I started to kind of just, uh, you know, uh, when I started to really, uh, uh, I, I don't know the term of that, but you know, when you start to heal, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when I was in, when I was in, uh, uh, so in my earlier days, or I have to say most of my, <laughs> most of my, uh, school, school years, mm -hmm. uh, like I was a bit of a, uh, I was a bit of a discipline case and and it was because I believe uh, it's because I had some uh, undiagnosed issues mm -hmm. you know and uh, but back then in in you know the 60s and 70s they didn't have you know the uh, mm -hmm. the, the um, education now they didn't have the tools now mm -hmm. back then yeah. that they do now so uh, you know the way that I was treated was actually quite cruel mm -hmm. Like, you know, teachers, you know, they would just, you know, they're quite abusive. And I'll give you one example of mm -hmm. that. I can give you a few. But uh, uh, I was acting up in class one time. I was out in the portable. And my teacher, uh, there was a few classes that he would go in and trade with the other teacher. Mm -hmm. 
So this other teacher came out and I was, you know, misbehaving like I often did. And it was probably because it was just, you know, behavioral mm-hmm. issues that I had, right? Yeah. You know, I wasn't a bad kid or anything. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, she made me sit up at the front of the class, like, you know, on a chair. So I was up there and uh, he came in and he was, he was a phys ed teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So he was a big guy. And he walked over to me and I'm not, jo- I'm not lying, like, this is true. Sometimes I think, when I think about today, this happening, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I, there's a part of me that thinks, did you dream this up? But no, this is real. <laughs> this guy picked me up. Now, I was just like a kid, right? Probably, you know, I don't know how much I would weigh. Mm-hmm. But he picked me in the chair up and threw me across the room. And to the point where, like, I almost hit the wall. And, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't have enough sense to, like, you know, tell my parents about that. T- to me, I deserved that, right? Yeah. And that was the type of abuse of abuse that you know mm-hmm. I, I received, and that had a lot of effect on the way I felt about myself. Of course, and like you know, creating insecurities mm-hmm. and things like things like that. Uh, also, too, uh, I had a lot of people uh, in our neighborhood and just people that we knew uh, that would make us feel less than because mm-hmm. of my dad, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and because of our sort of uh, station in life. You know, like uh, you know, like I, I told you before. A lot of these guys that my dad uh, mm-hmm. worked with, they had nice houses, nice cars, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we always had less. So, you know, yeah. we were made to feel less th- than, you know, when we were growing up. Uh, yeah, so that had a lot to do with, you know, I, the mm-hmm. way that I, you know, I ended up feeling about myself. And I remember uh, when I was in grade seven, I went to another school, and I met some guys that were smoking dope and, you know, and mm-hmm. drinking and stuff like that. And, you know, I wasn't like that. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be that way. You know, I remember uh, I actually had aspirations to be, a, believe it or not, I had aspirations when I was younger to be a uh, psychologist or a psychiatrist. I believe it. Yeah, you yeah. know, and because I always wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had a heart to help people, you yeah. know. And, um, yeah, uh, so in any way, I remember just, you know, just letting them be them, and, and, and mm-hmm. I'd hang around with them, and, They'd smoke their dope or whatever, and I'd just be me. I'd be the clown, yeah. you know, make them laugh and stuff yeah. like that. And then it ended up, uh, I had a friend uh, uh, named Enzo that uh, I was hanging around with. And uh, this one summer, I, th- I don't know how old I was, but they're Italian, and his, his dad made wine. And, you know, they always had booze in the house or whatever. And we ended up, uh, you know, sneaking into the, you know, yeah. into the booze, right? And holy crap. I remember that summer, you know, that really opened the door for my, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think, you know, not too long after that, I got, you know, introduced to, to, to weed and mm-hmm. things like this. And I just took off, eh? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just, you know, like it was a daily thing and uh, it was just, it was like, to me, it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, I was, it was um, self-medicating and maybe at that time it wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what it did was is it really uh, eventually skewed my reality and i had no idea because the life i was in i thought was just that was life right yeah and you know there's just a lot of i felt i always felt that there was like a moral dilemma like i was i always felt like i was trying to i was trying to break out of whatever it was to try to be a better person mm-hmm. And I remember a really good friend of mine that I knew all my life. He went to Bible college 
and he came back. This is when I think I was 18 or 19. I think my dad had, had passed away by this time. And also, too, when my dad passed away, now get a load of this. <laughs> when, my da- when my dad passed away, uh, I, I, I couldn't process it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like I, I was like the typical teenager. You know, I knew more than my dad did. You know, he was just whatever, right? So he was I old. Have, What's that? He was old. Yeah, you know, I didn't have, yeah. well, I didn't have a lot of respect for him, yeah. you know, and uh, that was just because of where I was at in my life at the time. And, uh, yeah, so um, I, I remember just, uh, m- my dad passed away, and the funny thing about it was, is uh, he he caught pneumonia, and he went to, to, to the hospital, and apparently they had told him then that, you know, he was pretty well gone inside because yeah. he smoked and drank all his life. Yeah. I don't know if he had emphysema. For some reason, that that came up, and you know how a lot of times you can hear things when you're a kid, or mm-hmm. you have a perception of things when you're a kid, yeah. and then you find out later it wasn't it wasn't that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So he passed away, uh, but the thing was, is my dad was uh, sober when he passed away. That's awesome. So we always kind of toted yeah. that like a, you know a badge of honor right good for him yeah yeah and uh because like you know my dad not dying you know in alcoholism mm-hmm. was a pretty big thing for me but you know uh after he got into aa there's about a good 10 years there between you know the time he started aa and mm-hmm. the time he passed away and he spent you know probably just as much time drinking as he did not drinking yeah. but i remember him meeting a lot of good people and like, you know, my, my family, my father in particular, you know, he knew a lot of characters mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he would meet, he would meet people at a bar and then he'd bring them home and, you yeah. know, they're just, just, uh, they were like, we, we didn't really grow up in a quote unquote normal environment. Yeah. You know, everything was almost like, uh, uh, chaos or like very entertaining, mm-hmm. like to a kid, like it's yeah. all pretty entertaining, eh? Because there's so, always stuff going on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, he'd bring people home, and they they tell me that they're a wrestler or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and I thought that was awesome. Man. Yeah. And because they would look like a, you know, a certain wrestler or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing, though, that, that I remember is, you know, speaking about my dad's heart, when he was going to AA, I remember him going to the prisons and, you know, yeah, uh, and, you know, going to AA meetings and helping them there. Chairing and, the know, meetings and stuff? Yeah, and yeah. he would do stuff like that. So, you know, uh, my, my father, like myself, you know, his motives are always right, and mm-hmm. he had a good heart. And when I say that, I inherited my dad's heart. I don't mm-hmm. take any credit for having a good heart. That, you know, th- yep. that was just something I believe that I inherited from, my, from my dad. Yeah. 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 From my mom and dad, but yeah, yeah same yeah. idea. Oh, and my mom as yeah. well, but uh, I, I will say that... I, I really got to say that I, I inherited my uh, mother's uh, mm-hmm. uh, sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now, uh, tonight, for some reason, like I say, because I'm because I'm on now, uh, you know, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have that. Uh, for some reason, I don't have that jovial spirit in me right now. I yeah. seem to be being serious, but uh, yeah. that would be a whole different episode if I start letting loose. Oh, I, anyway. I think by the time we're done this one, you'll be letting loose a bit. Well, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the I, door I, is open. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was, I was looking forward to saying uh, if you were going to say something about a sense of humor, I was, I was looking forward to saying, well, well, I'm no, I'm no Tommy McKay, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. Will he be okay with you saying his name? I hope so. Okay. If not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I give him, I give him credit for being funny. So. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. I mean, it's very positive. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, uh, so anyway. Uh, Maybe we'll just take his last name out, Darcy. Yeah. We know who we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if can we just pause for a second? Sure. Is that possible? Yeah, of course. I just want to kind of regroup here. Eh? I yeah, think we were course. talking about my dad. We were, yeah. Yeah. So no, we were I, talking about senses of humor and that you got no, that yeah, from okay, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, of course, you know, I veer off quite mm -hmm. often, but... Uh, ah, veer wherever you got to go. <laughs> the one thing that I wanted to mention was, is this is where I was at when my dad passed away. Mm. I, I, uh, I didn't process it properly. It was like nothing to me. Uh, yeah. uh, a lot of my friends were almost sort of horrified at the way that I was dealing with it mm. or processing it. Yeah. And I remember uh, my dad being in a lot of pain at the time, and he was on Valium. So this is this is the kind of thinking I, I had when my dad died that he had a big bottle of Valium that they threw in the garbage mm. I went right after that bottle of Valium and that probably lasted me about two weeks yeah. You know getting drunk and you know and all this yep. other stuff and and you know my, my dad knew that I had issues right like mm. of course you know when you're a kid you deny everything eh? yeah but you know he he knew that I, I was having issues and uh, you know that was just the way it was so anyway um, after my dad passed away, um, I was starting to talk about a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, what, what had happened was I was smoking so much weed that I couldn't get off anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And so this buddy of mine uh, came to town, and I had gone about a week without smoking weed. And uh, I figured, well, okay, it's a Friday night. I'm going to go out to McDonald's, you know, sort of almost like, like alcoholics do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go. I'm not drinking anymore, but I'll just go go to the bar and sit with my buddies, right? Mm. Like, that, like that's going to work, right? Mm. <laughs> so I ended up going there, and of course, uh, you know, I was looking for trouble, but uh, my friend that I knew all my life came back from Bible college, mm -hmm. and he started talking to me, and he started witnessing to me, and uh, at the end of that night, I basically accepted the Lord in my, into my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, that put me on a different path in my life, and, yeah. uh, you know, I was living as a Christian uh, for, you know, a good big you know a big part of my uh younger younger late uh, i mean 20 i think 20 to you know maybe 25 26 mm -hmm. but what it was is for me was um there's other issues involved there it mm -hmm. wasn't just uh, you know a moral dilemma yeah uh i think uh, i i realized now that uh i must have had some type of uh, uh devel developmental delays mm -hmm. or what have you my my mind just didn't process information the way that you know the quote-unquote normal people do okay uh and so uh i i know that my comprehension wasn't good i think that uh, there could be possibly a a learning disability there mm -hmm. as well because uh, i was never really be i was never able to focus yeah and i was never never really able to uh attain or retain information mm -hmm. uh therefore like you know i just basically just got out of high school and when i was in grade 12 yeah. There was uh, courses that I had to repeat. Yeah. And uh, I think it was just, they got to the point where they said, said you know, we just got to let this guy, you know. Mm -hmm. Get through kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, just get through. So yeah. I remember there was one course I had left, and I, I remember at the end of summer school, they gave me a 50. Just to so, get you out. Yeah, just to get me out of there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I remember uh, at that time, uh, actually, uh, I was living as a Christian, and of course, because I'm so black and white, I see no gray. Mm. You know, I just, uh, it was all, for me, 
either I was living as a Christian and I was swinging from the chandeliers and yeah. trying to walk through walls and they were all that other good stuff, or I was just pissing her up, right? Mm. You know, and like I, I did a lot of acid when I was a kid and mm. did things like this. Never got into cocaine, never got into anything heavy. Yeah. I remember uh, I did, uh, uh, there was these pills, I forget what they call, used to call them, but uh, THC, they mm. used to call them THC, right? So I think all of the were were just horse pills or something, like yeah. tranquilizers or something like that. Because yeah. I remember taking those and holy sh crap, mm. you know, like uh, I, I, they messed me up just as bad as mushrooms did. Yeah. And I don't even think I did mushrooms when I was younger, but mm. uh, I did later on in life. And yeah, they were, it was just a... Uh, <laughs> That was just a really weird drug to take, and but of course, as bad as it was, you know, I took it, took it mm -hmm. often, right? You know, so. Yep. But anyway, it was weird. You took it more often. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, um, so like I say, you know, I was either hot or cold, and mm. uh, you know, um, so I sort of what what would happen is is I would go for a certain length of time with the church and everything and then you know I don't know if anything would happen but I would always seem to fall back into that the old lifestyle mm -hmm. and uh, that happened you know quite a bit in my 20s and of course where I worked you know um, there's a lot of people that you know they would see me living a Christian life and all mm -hmm. of a sudden if they see me doing the other they're very judgmental yeah. you know they're just really coming down on me eh? so you know, I was always I was always living with guilt. I was mm -hmm. always living with uh, you know judgment and all these other things. I remember working at this place through uh, high school. It was a uh, it was a part of my schooling because mm -hmm. uh, I took a uh, uh, I took a course. It was called uh, distributive education in, mm -hmm. in grade eleven and twelve. I didn't actually take uh, a college prep as they called it yeah. because that was too much you know too much studying mm -hmm. for me. So I took this business course. So I, I came out with a business or general degree. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but I was actually pretty good at this course. And I remember uh, in grade 12, they, I, had, I, I worked in the afternoons at this one store. And I remember those women, like I think I, I worked there when I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, became, becoming a Christian and then them sort of knowing about this. Now I remember these, these older ladies that were, you know, as old as my mom, you know, they would just be very like judgmental. Like mm -hmm. they'd be, they'd be like, you know, picking at me like, so, oh, you're a Christian now. So you must think blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And just trying to really rake me over the coals. And, uh, you know, when I think about that today, I remember being very, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know how I felt, but, uh, the one thing I'm learning is now is, uh, the way, and it's 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 unfortunate that this had to happen so much later in life, because you know the, the old expression, "I wish I knew back then what I know now." Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, you know, the way people treat you has nothing to do with you, or mm -hmm. very little to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And when I think about uh, the people that were in uh, like better social situations or had more money or whatever that used to judge me mm -hmm. and think, you know, make me feel you know, bad about myself, I wasn't doing that. You know, yeah. I was I was always, ex you know, fairly accepting to people. And I, I realized later on in life that, you know, there because I uh, was born in 1961, yep. uh, you know, and uh, back then. They just didn't have uh, a lot of the, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, basically, 
they didn't have the political correctness back then as yeah. they did now. So there was a lot of political correctness or incorrectness, if you will, yeah. that I just accepted as normal, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just little racial slurs, you know, and little yeah. things like that. And uh, just judging people and, and you know, like uh, um, inappropriate behavior mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That was all normal to me. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, yeah, um, that was something that I had to kind of grow out of. And I thought that it was just because I was, you know, I was in the Maritimes or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's crazy there. But, yeah. you know, that's what I, you know. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I, I never thought that everybody was crazy there. But I, I just kind of, I had to blame it on something, right? Well, you were so, in the life. That was your life. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like uh, also too, um, people, people in the Maritimes, they just, uh, they're very uh, uh, open and mm. accepting and, and stuff like that. So they just kind of let it flow. When I came up to Calgary, holy crackers, man, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'll just give you an example about how people were different here. Mm -hmm. See, when I, when I grew up back home, like, it, would, it was almost like I had a sheltered life because um, people generally accepted me. And if mm -hmm. they didn't, I was sort of ignorant to it, right? Because yeah. I was, you know, sort of in that dysfunctional, my, my, uh, that uh, dysfunctional... Um, sort of mindset, mm -hmm. you know, like my, my reality was tr tr truly distorted, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, so when I came up here, uh, like I just had to realize that not everybody is going to, like not everybody's going to accept me, not mm -hmm. everybody's gonna wanna listen to my BS, you know, not everybody's gonna treat me the way I treat them. Yeah. And I mean, this was at 28 years old, you know, so like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways that I didn't grow up and that mm -hmm. was due to the, you know, um, I always forget the name of this, this but uh, there, was a, there was a show on TV that uh, had that name. Uh, I didn't grow up uh, uh, Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you know, so yep. I, I, I had that pretty big, right? Mm. There was a lot of ways that I didn't grow up. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, yeah, uh, I, so that uh, later on in life, you know, after, like after I moved up here, but especially after I sobered up, mm -hmm. that like there's a lot of very painful, you know, t you know, there's a lot of painful times in my life where I realized that you know how backwards or dysfunctional, you know, mm -hmm. I really was. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, when I go to meetings nowadays, or when I go to meetings in general, one of the things I always love to say is, is uh, you know, t to the young people. If you grow up now, you're going to have an opportunity to do something that a lot of us didn't. You're mm -hmm. going to have an opportunity to grow up young. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, man, when you walk around, when you're in your late 40s, early 50s, mm -hmm. and like, you know, you have the maturity of a <laughs> yep. 15, 16 year old. Yeah. You know, like it hurts, eh? Yeah, it sure does, man. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So, I experience it too. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, why don't you ask me a question to put me back here on course? Because mm -hmm. I know I've been all over the place. Oh man, you haven't gone all, you haven't gone anywhere but where you need to go. Um, right. What? Uh, yeah. So you you came you came here to yeah. Calgary, and and this is that was after your dad passed away, right? Yeah. Well, there there's you know what all I all I needed is to just sort of uh, uh, get back on course. Yeah. So great. So yeah. So uh, what happened was is basically I just kind of went through life in my you know early from early twenties. Uh, uh, to uh, I think 28 years old mm -hmm. just uh, like I say I was either in church or I was you know doing drugs mm -hmm. and uh, so basically uh, I moved out uh, of my mom's house 
when I was 25 and then I, you know, lived in a few places or what have you and, uh, you know, my own places or what have you. And uh, I, what it was is for me is what I started to understand not too long ago is basically I was on, I was in survival mode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I was, I was pretty well given a, a job. You see, like I, uh, like a lot of people, they they become educated. They 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 have the luxury of uh, you know doing their passion, or mm -hmm. like or, or like you know uh, you know uh, uh, choosing a profession that they're passionate about or mm -hmm. something. That's that was never me. For me, it was always I was always on survival mode. Yeah, like I was always just basically uh, doing life the best I could, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, I've said this before, you know, like, uh, uh, especially when I came up here or when it came to, you know, women, girlfriends, yeah. you know, my kind of woman was anybody that would give me the time of the day. Mm. You know, I was never one of these guys that would chase women or whatever, cause I didn't have any confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having a lot of friends because of that, you yeah. know? And, um, when I came up to, to work here, like I say, you know, I didn't really have a passion. I didn't have a you know a, a, a viable trade because mm -hmm. the trade that I had was sort of kind of like if I if I came here I would have had to, to I think go to state or something to mm -hmm. kind of bring it up to where it should be yeah so I ended up just basically grabbing any job that I could and that's the way that I lived mm -hmm. most of my life just basically taking whatever was handed to me yeah. because I didn't feel you know uh, uh, worthy of anything mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, like just not having a good sense of self-worth, yeah. you know, and just living in that chaos all the time, just not knowing who I was. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I moved to Calgary here and I'll, there's a story about that. Uh, my good friend that introduced me to, to the Lord, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he, um, he basically again was visiting, you know, he came to Moncton, he was married and he was visiting and him, his brother and I kind of hung out a little bit too. And, you know, we partied together mm -hmm. and everything. And, uh, you know, he told both of us, he said, look, man, he said, you got to get out of here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you guys have got to just grow up. You know, I think that it would be better if you guys just maybe went somewhere else and started over. Mm -hmm. And he lived in Calgary here. So, uh, basically he planted the seed and we, my, my friend and, uh, that lived here, his younger brother was uh, uh pretty well my best friend mm -hmm. and so him and his girl his fiance which he married at the time was his wife now mm -hmm. uh and myself we were all planning to move up here in may of 89. okay so uh within that time i started to get cold feet and my friend told me like he was up here and we communicated and he told me look maybe you know you should come up you know, sooner than that, because mm -hmm. I can see you're getting cold feet. And I, I know myself, I, if I would have gave myself a lot of time, because that yeah. was almost, I was planning on leaving about it, coming up here about a year after he came mm -hmm. down, right? I was going to give it a year. Yeah. And I'm pretty darn sure that if I would have gave it that much time, I would have talked myself out of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, um, so basically I had planned on moving up here. So what happened was, is I was just basically in and out like I usually was. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember getting to the point where I, I, I was when I, when my friend met me back 
yeah. when I was 18 years old and you know he kind of like led me to the Lord mm -hmm. uh, I was you know just basically getting to the point where I was just I wasn't getting off on the weed anymore yeah. I, I was just uh, you know spinning my wheels very you know I just I knew I had to do something so I decided to put myself in a detox which was outside of town mm -hmm. and what I did was is I told everybody that I was visiting my friend that lived in Fredericton I lived in Moncton Mm -hmm. And uh, so I basically just took a week off and I put myself at the, in this detox. Yeah. And boy, I'll tell you something. I met, <laughs> yeah. I met some characters. Eh? Mm -hmm. I, I really started, and, I, and that was a, a real introduction to me with, you know, real, you know, like severe yeah. uh, uh, alcoholism and, and yeah. addiction and things like this. And I remember putting myself in there thinking, I'm just going to go there and... Uh, Somehow I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there, and I'm I'm gonna learn how to just smoke weed mm -hmm. once a week, right? Yeah. I just I had no idea. I had no no uh, desire to uh, sober up or anything. Yeah. Because like you know I just, <clears throat> I, again I was just doing the best I could, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the I didn't have the right idea at all. And like I say, through my life there's just a lot of things that I tried to do, and I think a lot of it was my lack of comprehension or mm -hmm. what have you. So anyway, uh, so I remember that was right about the time that my friend came and we talked about that. So the plan was to leave. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I talked to him later and then we, we pushed it up to January. So I was very firm on this. I was, I was really going to do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember uh, after I went to this detox, they had a... They had a they had a detox in, uh, uh, well, the recovery center, mm -hmm. but more traditional now like they have. Yeah. Like my dad, uh, he went, my dad, uh, when he was sobering up, he would go to what they called the J ward back in the Moncton hospital, mm -hmm. which is similar to, I think unit 49 at the Rocky view. Oh, okay. It was like a, like a, you know, uh, yeah. lack of a better term, like a psych ward. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, they had this other place uh, that he would go to and it was all just, you know, whatever to me right you know and um so Moncton actually got one of their first you know uh, well that I knew of anyway recovery mm -hmm. centers and it was a pretty good one yeah and so after going to this place I decided that I was going to start going to these meetings actually no I didn't I think what happened was is I knew about it and then I put myself in for a weekend yeah and then after that I started going to these these meetings these mm -hmm. NA meetings and I met up with a, an old buddy of mine that I grew up with, mm -hmm. and I remember him. Him and I became quite close. Uh, he was actually a for, uh, he was uh, he was a, uh, a ex military fella, mm. and uh, he was in the Airborne. He was yeah, a pretty tough guy, yeah. you know. Uh, anyway, so I remember he and again him and I we were either we were either in recovery mm -hmm. or we were getting Practicing. high together, right? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think what happened with him was, is uh, um, he he was he had a girlfriend and they had a kid together. She moved to Ontario and then she uh, wrote him and or talk, talked to him or something and told him that she was he wasn't coming she wasn't coming back. Mm -hmm. And I remember he had a trailer. He lived in a trailer in, in a, a trailer park, and uh, he was quite upset. And uh, you know, we were kind of thinking that he might you know harm yeah. himself, right? <coughs> so I ended up going and. You know, staying with them uh, a couple of nights. I mean, I'd come back to work, and then mm -hmm. you know, I'd uh, go back and see him that you know, 
in the evenings. I'd spend the evenings with him, right? So I remember he drove me home on the Saturday morning, and he said, okay, um, I'll see you at the meeting on Monday. And I remember he had this watch that I really liked, right? Mm -hmm. So when he left, uh, I noticed that he had the watch, that he left his watch there, you know, didn't think anything of it. And so Monday afternoon before, like, the meeting, his sister called me and told me that he had hung himself that weekend. Oh, man. Yeah, so, and... Uh, the way I processed it was just not, not normal. It was like the way I processed my dad's death. You mm -hmm. know, I remember going to his funeral high, yeah. And uh, I just, uh, I you know, I got it, but I didn't. And he yeah. he was a good friend. We we became quite close. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I I'm convinced that he knew he was going to kill himself because I always talked about, you know, I like liking his watch. And I said, you know, keep that, put that in your, uh, uh, mm -hmm. in your. Uh, your will or Thank something? You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that in, in my in in your will for me, and <laughs> yeah. and he left it and he left it there. Wow. So I know that I knew after mm -hmm. that that happened, and you know he had problems with cocaine and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And back home, you know, cocaine wasn't really readily available like mm -hmm. on the streets, probably like it is today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back there and and here, so you know uh, he had told me that he had you know. He was he was in in with some pretty heavy characters, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so I think that he was you know he he lived a a pretty a life that was a little heavier than mine. Mm -hmm. And you know with all the ex experiences in the army and stuff like this, the one thing is is I think that being in the military actually gave him the guts to do this mm -hmm. because he was like a set of nails, right? Yeah. Like you know one of the reasons why uh, I I never killed myself is I. You know, like, because we all have those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I never did was, at one time, was because, you know, I didn't have the guts. Yeah. But, of course, now, for me, having my children, you know, that's not mm -hmm. an option. Yeah. And uh, I just, uh, and I'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. But So, basically, we're up to the part where, where I, yeah, where I moved to Calgary. So, basically, when I moved up here, I was, you know, it was going to give me an opportunity to straighten out and to, you know, make my life mm. better and all that. So when I moved up here, I moved in with my friend, was, you know, actually used to be a minister for a while. Mm. So like, you know, hardcore Christian guy, you know, just going to set me straight and everything. And, uh, you know, I uh, had a handful of jobs for a little while and, you know, stuff like this. Uh, anyway, I... Um, so I embraced the church again when I came mm -hmm. here, but I remember um, even when I was going to church, you know, I, I don't know, there's just a lot of things that just didn't add up in my mind, right? You know, and uh, I remember working at this temp company. I ended up working out of town and there was a fellow that was there and he's talked about weed. And man, the first sign, you know, like that was the first time mm -hmm. I, I heard about or had any access to weed or anything and I remember I was going to church and everything and I was living a Christian life and the moment he said that bang you know like the the mm -hmm. light went on right it was just and I had this this compulsion mm -hmm. you know and I remember asking him you know like can you get me some weed and all this stuff and I remember we went out with uh, one fella in a car there were six of us uh, and so we got dropped off downtown and he lived downtown. So I followed him to his house and I got the weed and everything. And man, I was just mm -hmm. off to the races again, eh? 
and it was just it's that it's that obsession of the mind eh? mm -hmm. so yeah so basically like i say when i i lived in calgary here i was you know same thing it's back home you mm -hmm. know i was either like i say swinging from the chandeliers or just you know just living a life i should you know that that i well you see that was the whole thing for me there was always that moral dilemma with mm -hmm. it and I think what it was for me was, is I was always trying to be that person I really was, mm -hmm. but I was always fighting, you know, I was always fighting the addiction yeah. and of course to, uh, just, just not like I, like I say, I, I, I don't know if it was, uh, de developmental delays or what mm -hmm. have you, uh, my, like I just didn't think like everybody else yeah. and uh, I wasn't processing things mm -hmm. the way other people were. So that, that was a bit of a handicap for me and I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And I just, you know, kind of thought I was stupid or whatever, or what have you. Right. Yeah. And that just went along with all the other, you know, uh, um, self defecating, you know, thoughts mm -hmm. that went through my head, you know, never really felt like, you know, like I measured yeah. up or what have you. Right. So anyway, uh, I ended up, uh, you know, meeting uh you know a bunch of christians through a, a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh i met uh his fiance and she had a friend and uh you know we ended up uh you know being friends for a couple of years mm -hmm. um i started going out with this other girl you know and she was that relationship wasn't healthy there's a lot of like at one time i would have said she was you know this and that and this yeah. and that but hey now that i know you know mm -hmm. know now what i didn't know at one time you know, it was, I wasn't, I wasn't healthy. She wasn't healthy. Yeah. So it wasn't a healthy relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, I remember talking to my friend, uh, and you know, I was thinking to myself, I should be going out with her, you know? Mm. And anyways, we ended up uh, getting together and we ended up uh, getting married and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of help, you know, that we got from the family. And, uh, because of that, a lot of that help from the family, um, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't an intentional thing meant by mm. anybody, but uh, a lot of the, a lot of the things that they were they they did for us, so it made me sort of feel a little emasculated, mm -hmm. like I never really felt like the real head of the household kind of thing. Because yeah. we were getting a lot of help that I felt that I should have, you know, I I still had that um, old, you know, way of thinking, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in the '60s, right? You know, yeah. like I always thought that you know life was I was supposed to be the breadwinner and my wife mm. is supposed to stay home and i think that my wife probably would have enjoyed doing that as well yeah but you know that's just not reality for most of us right yeah you yeah. know it's usually you know two two incomes coming in oh especially now you definitely need to yeah oh yeah 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 and like for a good example like you know uh, i don't make horrible money and mm -hmm. my wife you know does okay uh, and when i look at you know our lifestyle and the way we live and everything mm -hmm. like you know, I just don't know where the money goes. Yeah. And uh, when I see other people with all the things they have, it's like, you know, where, where's your money tree? Like, or mm -hmm. like, like, are you, are you making $700,000 a year? Like, how, how do you, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how are you able to do this? Yeah. But you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, just, just, I think reality for a lot of us, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and of course everybody always looks like they're doing better in yeah. our eyes, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, but, people like to try to put their best foot forward, right? Whenever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And like with myself now, like one of the, the things that uh, propels my 
my gratitude is mm-hmm. is uh, whenever I start looking at what I don't have, yeah. I realize that that was one of the things that kept me down all mm-hmm. my life. Is that you see, I always looked at what I didn't have, yeah. what I didn't attain. You know, like I didn't have like any aspirations to you know like sort of mm-hmm. try to you know um, you know go to or, or what have you, mm-hmm. right? Because it was always survival. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, but see now, uh, in my life, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's through the fellowship of AA and, you know, by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I finally now have attained a good relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did for years is I, like I say, you know, I I was saying this before we, we started is I always used to look at everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I, was try, I was trying to be like Dave. As a matter of fact, and this is true. Um, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> before, you, before you go there, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, when I, when I first came in uh, and uh, the, I had uh, one of my first real sponsors mm-hmm. was a guy named Kenny that we both know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good man, good man. Yeah, good man. And, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why I chose him as my sponsor was because in my like you know my perception he was as tough as nails mm-hmm. and he intimidated me mm-hmm. and i was starting to kind of like you know yeah come out and say hey you know like if this guy intimidates me then that's what's going to be good for me yeah because like, that that scares me so i'm gonna i'm gonna walk towards it right very intense person yeah yeah and yeah. and you know and i and i grouped you in with him too right mm. you know because of the tattoos and all that other stuff it was almost like i i i perceived a, a toughness in you guys mm. that I wanted to attain because you know uh, as you know a lot of people uh, they they um, they perceive kindness as a weakness right yeah they do yeah. and like because I you know I I generally mm-hmm. project a, a kind persona mm-hmm. you know uh, and and I have you know in several you know occasions been you know kind of taken advantage of or people think I'm less than mm-hmm. or, you know because you're a kind soul yeah exactly yeah. You know, they usually get straightened up pretty quick, but, uh, you know, but like I say, it's still a process, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So like I say, I'm, I do apologize. I am all over the place here. You've done great, man. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. You've but, done great. But you see that that's the whole thing. You listen to me and you say that I went great. I, I did great. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I think that that's something we're all going to have all our life, right? Is here sure I am can. judging myself. Yeah. You know, but uh, and and as and and I do very little of that, but mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we're always we're always going to have a little bit of that. Eh? Mm. You know. So, what's your family like today, man? You, you mentioned you got your boys back, and and you were going to talk about that, or you got yeah. your boys. I, I I don't know the story there. Oh so. yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's okay. Yeah. What happened? Okay, well, basically, so we got married, and uh, you know, life was life, and um, when I when I got sober. I actually separated from my wife. Okay. Okay. So uh, basically, yeah, like you, you, we wouldn't know that. So no. uh, anyway, my wife and I were separated, but my wife and I have always been, regardless of whatever our situation was, mm-hmm. we were always we were always good friends. Yeah. And we'll always be good friends. That's important. You know, and uh, uh, so basically, we split up, and uh, um, I got my own place, and. I w- the relationship I had with my boys was never a 
every other weekend deal. Mm. You know, like I see my boys as much as I want it. They see me as much as they want it. They never really had to, you know, mm. dad wasn't this elusive character that, yeah. you know, they did, they only see once in a while. Mm. I have a very good, you know, uh, relationship with my boys so obvious man well thank you yeah, it, it really is man now and uh, you probably know this uh and i'll just uh, let you know that um both of my boys are autistic okay i didn't know that yeah okay no well, idea no, man both of my boys yeah. are autistic um I, uh, I have my older son right now who's 24 and my son jacob mm -hmm. who's 21 uh when they were both you know growing up uh, um they both went to this place called Renfrew Educational Services. Okay. And uh, Ben was recommended to continue in private school. Mm -hmm. Now with Jacob, apparently he didn't fit their criteria. So he ended up going into uh, the Calgary School Board of Education, mm -hmm. uh, which I work at. Okay, I work, mm -hmm. I work for the school board. I've been working now uh, next uh, next month. It's going to be 15 years for me. Well, congratulations, okay. man. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually a, uh, a facility operator or like, for a lack of a better term, like a caretaker. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I got to tell you, when I first started doing that, I was actually ashamed to tell people what I did. Really? Oh, yeah. You see now that's now, see that, that that you see what you just you're yeah. that the way that you uh, uh re reacted that's the way people most people react right hmm. but in my mind i thought that people were going to think less of me because i was a caretaker that's that's what i was reacting to because i'm yeah. thinking like why would people think less of you but yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. but you see that was my perception and i think in some ways and it was probably self-conscious because i was never a person to to judge people as a matter of fact one of my superpowers, if you will, have, mm. has always been uh, seeing the best in everybody, right? Mm. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so there must have been some, you know, subconscious mm -hmm. feeling that I had that, you know, maybe I must have thought that people were less than uh, for their place in life, right? Mm. But it was, it, was, it was obviously subconscious because, like, I never felt or it could have, Or it could have simply been that you felt like you weren't. Yeah, well... Probably right? that could have been because that that I can relate to. I like for me, like my parents did the similar things, like in terms of giving me the idea that all people were equal, right? Like the same right. idea, but it didn't apply to me because uh, of that low self worth, right? Everyone right. else was okay, but it didn't apply to me. I was a piece of shit no matter what, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I, I really relate to that, and mm -hmm. I think that 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 must be a characteristic of people that are, you know, in, in, uh, uh, in, in addiction, mm -hmm. you know, I think it that, seems pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. It must go hand in hand. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Really low uh, self-worth active addiction. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. So anyway, both of my boys, yeah. uh, they, they are autistic. My uh, oldest son ended up going to Renfrew and he, and he went through all of his uh, years in a uh, public, uh, private school. Yeah. So basically, um, we had to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So for all the all the years that he was in this uh, private school, I yeah I drove beaters right. Yeah. So basically, I would go to school as a janitor, and I would always have the crappiest looking car mm -hmm. in in the parking lot. Yeah. And that was something that you know I thought kind of defined me, mm -hmm. and that was because of the low self esteem, right? Yeah. But of course, like you know, that changed in years. 
But of mm-hmm. course, you know, he was in grade 12. He didn't have to worry about that anymore. And I ended up buying myself a new car. Mm-hmm. First car, I think, well, I think that was the second new car in my life, right? Yeah. And you know, that, that, that car gave me a certain amount of self-esteem. Of course. And you know, I realize now that it didn't, that was one of my issues. But mm. anyway, so the thing is, is my boys, uh, you know, are, and you've seen me with my boys before. I remember. Yeah, dude, you guys, you guys look awesome. You guys are like, a, like you look so fucking happy together. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. you know, th- this is the one thing that I can say is, uh, you know, as far as my place in life and, and my self-worth and everything, I've, I've always questioned a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. I truly believe that, uh, you know, God put, gave those boys the right dad. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's anything that I can take pride in in my life, mm-hmm. and I mean, I take pride in a lot now, right? Because mm-hmm. I allow myself that. And not, not, not a unhealthy pride, mm-hmm. but, you know, just a, like, a, good, a good pride. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, like that's one thing I have to say that I truly believe that I was meant to be their dad. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I love those boys beyond measure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've, they've uh, both... You know, uh, inherited my sense of humor, mm-hmm. and they and they both for good know, or ill. What's that? For good or ill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And, and they both and they both uh, they they both have my dad's heart. Yeah. I mean, I happen to have my dad's heart. So well, I then they got it. your heart too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you know the thing is is they have their they have they both have their their strengths. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, I just. Um, they're the light of my life. Uh, you know, they're the best thing I've ever done. And uh, like, they're my friends, but I am their dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently, now, basically because of them being autistic, they went through, uh, you know, I, I can, I'm very happy to say that they both went through all of the 12 grades mm-hmm. uh, in school. They, they basically graduated. Yeah. And, and then they both went to a uh, um, vocational training program at um, Mount Royal for oh, two wow. years. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was to basically set them up, you know, and, you know, kind of like give them some life skills mm-hmm. and, you know, teach them about uh, uh, working and things like this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, b- I was very grateful for the opportunity for them to do that. Uh, I don't know if it was the course or if it was them, but... You know, it just didn't really work out the way we would have liked mm-hmm. it to, but uh, it, it's not taking anything uh, from the course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, away from the course. You know, I, I, I look at everything as a gift, and yeah. I think that the people that are there are doing a great job. And the one thing uh, that I have to say with a lot of people, and like with you, Dave, too, now you're a counselor, right? Social worker, yeah. Social. So you're a social worker. Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't know whether you were like... Uh, um, I, I didn't know if you worked in recovery or if you worked in, you know, so in the social. Mm. So being a social worker, uh, you're, you're working with people on a social level, not like a psychiatrist or a psychologist yep. or something. Okay. Yeah. 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 You see now anyone that actually works to help people better their lives, mm. you know, they're, they're my, they're my heroes. Mm. And I'll tell Mine you too, why. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and it's because that's the heart I have. Mm. And because of just a lot of things that, you know, like maybe my, you know, just inability to be able to, to uh, read and process information or whatever, mm-hmm. and being, uh, uh, you know, on survival mode all my life, 
I was never really able to attain mm -hmm. that. You know, I was I wasn't able to become like to have a job to like mm -hmm. help people. You know, but uh, what I've done is is I've taken the job that I have now mm -hmm. and I've turned it into that. Like I've now. When I when I tell people yeah. ask me what I do, I very proudly say that I'm a facility operator slash uh, caretaker, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like I get to be the best of me mm -hmm. when I'm at work now. Okay, yeah. and you know, and uh, but that's the coolest thing, Wayne. Yeah, right. Like I, you don't have to be a social worker or a counselor to help people. Like exactly people need a lot of kinds of help right yes exactly yeah and you see and I, I'm embracing that now right on and uh, and you know I tell people that I, I have my dream job mm -hmm. because you see I get to be me I get to to, to you know I, I get I get to just uh, uh, you know even show the kids like when mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm what they call a sick relief caretaker so I don't stay in one school I I go where I'm mm -hmm. needed and you know all of, like a lot of the kids that I, you know, like I, I sometimes I, I had that opportunity to develop a, a bit of yeah. a relationship with them or a rapport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always been good around kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think that, um, you know, they, they, re they remember me and because I'm kind to them, you know, and I, yeah. and I give them attention and I let them know that they're, that they're important, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I, I had the pleasure of uh, staying at one school for seven months. Wow. And when I left, I mean, I have a picture of there was about 20 kids hugging me at the same yeah. time, you know. Obviously, this was before uh, COVID, right? Yeah, before COVID, for sure. Yeah. So, um, see, so you can. Like, that's a, that's a great example for people out there, Wayne, because any, any job we do brings us to it. And if we come into that job with a heart, an open heart, and, like, open mind for to give people love, whatever that looks like, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Like you just said it. Love looks like giving somebody an ear. Love yeah. looks like sitting down and having a coffee with somebody sometimes, right? Right. Yeah. It, 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 and that's it. And the thing is, is now, of course, you know, being just being who I am for years, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think a lot of it had to do with just, you know, uh, um, there's another thing. Yeah, basically, uh, well, one thing that I, I did kind of not, not allude to here, but like, you know, through my journey, uh, I was actually uh, misdiagnosed a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Like I ended up uh, putting myself in the Unit 49 at... Uh, Rocky View? At Rocky View, and I was actually uh, diagnosed as being bipolar. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I kind of went on those pills for a year or whatever, and then, of course, I just did what I did. I usually do. I just let it, you know, slide, mm -hmm. right? I was, you know, the one thing that, uh, like, I think a lot of alcoholics have, or a lot of people in recovery, not, not recovery, but anybody that has any issues like that, one of the things that they have uh, issues with is consistency, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, I've never really been consistent with a yeah. lot of things because I, I've never been compassionate enough about anything mm -hmm. to really stick with it for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so it was... Um, well, and the consistency with meds is really hard, right? Yeah. Like it's very difficult, especially with like antipsychotics or SSRIs, whatever the, the med is for, yeah. the, for the illness. Um, when people start feeling better, they, it, it's natural to get off it. Like it, yeah. that's what we're, we're used to doing that. And it happens so consistently, right? Even with some of the more severe illnesses. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, yeah. 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 And, and you see, and this is the thing. And you see, uh, for a while there, I was starting to look at, uh, you know, like, 
well, what's it, what, you know, what's my problem? Mm -hmm. What's, what's actually going to work? Right. Yeah. And the reason why I know that I wasn't uh, bipolar is because a couple of years after this, they actually had a, uh, research going on, uh, at, uh, the university uh, at the, uh, at the Foothills hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I actually was going to take part in that. Okay. And it was for people that were bipolar, right? Yeah. And I actually went there and I sat with two psychologists or psychiatrists Mm -hmm. And for about an hour and a half, and they came to the conclusion that I wasn't bipolar. Yeah. So that kind of told me what that, you know, told me that that yeah. wasn't it, eh? Yeah. So I think that uh, over time, I've, uh, I realized that there's, there's some um, manic, you know, like mm -hmm. I have manic tendencies. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, like, I think at one time they used to call bipolar manic depression. That's right. Yeah. They yeah. called it manic depression. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I do have apparently I do have those consistencies mm -hmm. right and 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 I and I can actually identify that now yeah because a lot of times what'll happen is is I'll be doing good for a very long time mm -hmm. and then boom you know I'll just kind of change yeah and uh, you know and then I'll kind of get down but the beautiful thing about uh, fighting depression or mm -hmm. anything like that now is I have something that I didn't have at one time mm. is I have hope and I have faith yeah. And I know that whatever I'm going through, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And as it says, you know, uh, in, in uh, I, I haven't been quoting a lot of the, the uh, big book or <laughs> talking a lot about uh, these, you know, like mm -hmm. throwing a lot of these slangs around, but yeah. uh, the, the, it, it says, it too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a very good handle on that. Mm -hmm. And I do realize that there are gonna be some times that like, I'm going to feel like everything's at the end, you know, the end of yeah. the world. Right. But again, that, that too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, like I say, I'm all over the place, but, uh, you know, that's, Hey, that's it. That he, that he, that he, sorry. I was almost doing the Elmer Fudd there. I was, I thought you were going for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you took me back to like being a kid. I thought you were going for it. <laughs> Basically, it ain't easy being me. What can I say, right? Yeah. So you know, it's not. It's, it ain't. It, it ain't easy being any, any of us, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that's the thing. You know, life isn't easy. I think. Well, that's a good. That's a good point, right? Yeah. No matter who you are, it's hard. Exactly. And if you're in certain areas, it's harder. Right. Right. Like exactly. certain depends on where you come from, where you are, and all that stuff. So, before we go. Is there anything you want to talk about, man? Like anything you would tell somebody out there who was maybe going through shit that you were going through? Uh, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I do, I do, like, because of the jumping around, mm -hmm. there's a couple of loose ends that I sort of had. For that, sure. That I had that I'd like to, you know, kind yeah. of uh, talk about. Basically, I had said that I was, uh, you know, my wife and I had separated. Mm -hmm. But uh, about uh, five years ago, we actually got back together. I was going to ask you about that too. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, so my wife and I actually got back together. Yeah, and uh, my oldest boy. Now both of my boys, uh, because of being you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, autistic, they're both on age. Mm. And uh, my oldest boy, uh, actually, they both uh, uh, were able to to uh, you know have their, uh, their 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 life dream happen. Mm. Uh, this summer, my youngest boy actually he was just obsessed with pug dogs for a long time yeah. pugs well he actually got himself a a, a pug, pug. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah and it's just it, it's amazing like he just loves that dog right yeah and uh, it's it's really That's helped fantastic. him out a lot 
Yeah. And so he has some something now mm-hmm. for, for him. And my uh, other boy, he actually uh, was able to move out on his own. Awesome, man. So he lives on the uh, like on the other end, of, like the other end of the city compared to us. Like, <laughs> I wonder if that was by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, actually, what it was is we helped him find a place. Yeah. Actually, what happened was is that he we he was starting to look at getting some uh, some uh, help through um, mm-hmm. uh, Aish. Yep. Uh, and then he found out he was like. Uh, 3,200 on the list or something like that. So uh, him and my wife just put their heads together and within a couple of days, they found a place. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, he's in the basement suite of a house. So mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be, you know, we don't have to worry about him being in a building with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people and yeah. you know, these other things. He can kind of control his environment a little yeah. better. Yeah, the environment's kind of controlled. Yeah. So he's really enjoying that. As a That's matter of fact, awesome. I'm going to see him tonight. Are you? Good. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it just gives me, uh, you know, a lot of pride and a lot of hope yeah. for him. And as a matter of fact, you know, just with, with whatever he, uh, he, you know, with his uh, autism, he still has uh, uh, aspirations that he wants to, you know, to, like he's got aspirations. Like um, he is, uh, uh, we're, we're hoping within the next year or so, he'll be able to uh, do it, you know, like, We'll be able to get the funds together uh, for him to uh, uh, take this. I think it's called ICAD or something mm-hmm. uh, course that will allow him to uh, develop. Uh, uh, that he'll be able to, to uh, be an animator. Oh, okay. So it's it's computer generated stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also too, he wants to develop uh, a video games. Oh, cool, man. And he's been doing a lot of that. And and right now he's actually. Uh, writing a book as well so he's got a couple get of things out of here right? yeah so wow, he's a good. he's a he's like he's he's very he's motivated talented. yeah he's very motivated and he's very talented in his own way yeah so that was the one thing that i wanted to say about that and the other thing i wanted to say was is uh right now i found now because i'm in my 11th year mm-hmm. okay when i first came into the uh, program uh i heard somebody say uh your first five years you're just finding out how effed up you really are yeah your next five years, you're figuring out you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I guess you must start, you know, doing really, shit about it. Yeah. You must, you know, you <laughs> must be in that place where you, you start doing something about it. Yeah. And I'll tell you something that holds true for me. Does it? Because in my, in like, uh, in my journey, mm-hmm. uh, like it was, it was rough, you know, uh, it was rough more mentally than anything yeah. is because I just had a lot of, uh, I really, I really had to dig deep. And uh, uh, I'm really starting to find out why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to really, you know, see, you know, why I like just why everything happened in my life the way it did. Yeah. And uh, I think it was about a year ago, uh, I was diagnosed as uh, being ADHD. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I know that that sounds pretty common because it seems like everybody like that's, you know, that gets thrown around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to have ADHD. Yeah. But that was very uh, illuminating for me because I realized that when I found that out, a lot of the things that happened to me <clears throat> really made sense. Yeah. You know, just not being able to concentrate, you know, mm-hmm. my life just going the way it did. Yeah. You know, I realized now that it wasn't just me being stupid or mm-hmm. me and just be, you know like having bad luck or whatever yeah you know i am where i'm at right now for mm-hmm. a reason yeah you know? 
And you see, again, I mentioned this before, I don't look at what I don't have anymore. Mm -hmm. I look at what I have, and that's the reason why I'm able to have the joy that I have. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things in my life now is, is uh, uh, I realize that um, I do have aspirations, mm -hmm. and I, I think that there are going to be some big changes in my life. I'm going to start, you know, doing things now, mm -hmm. not just to get by, but I'm, I'm at that place in my life now where I want to start actually you know, getting some enjoyment out, mm -hmm. of, out of life. And I, I don't want to, and I don't mean to say that, you know, I've had a, you know, just a joyless life or what have you, but. I don't uh, get that impression. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my life has basically consistent, uh, consisted over the last, you know, handful of years of basically working mm -hmm. and being a dad yeah. and being a husband and, you know, just not a whole lot, you know, like. I don't have a lot of hobbies. I don't mm -hmm. have a lot going on other than those two things. Yeah. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, and, and I do have the opportunity to work a lot of overtime. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of 12 hour days so that, you know, like yeah. at my age, that's kind of wearing me out. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, 12 hour days are long at any age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is next year I'm going to be 60, right? I can't believe it, man. I was doing the math as you were talking and I'm just like, there's no fucking way that this guy is going to be 60. <laughs> so you're literally, you're going to be 60. I'm right? going to be 60 years yeah. old and I'm going to tell you something, John. Can't believe I don't, it. I don't feel it. Yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, I'll tell you when I feel 60 is when I, when I bend down to get something <laughs> and on a bad day, if I have to put my hand on the wall to get up, that's when I feel 60. Shit. On a good day, I have to put my hand on the wall to get up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the thing, well, but well that's you why know, you don't look 60. That's my point. My whole point. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah, and, and, and I, and I, and I really take that as a compliment. I mean, uh, it. because I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't, I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely don't act it. And, uh, and well, even, that helps though. Yeah, it does. And, and even, <laughs> even, and even like the way I dress, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't go to the, you know, like put like this here. I've never, I, no, no one's ever going to, to call me the Prince of Polyester or the Deacon of Dacron, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I, like, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I dress the way I feel inside, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, some people, so I, I don't go to the 60 year old department, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, that's not knocking anybody. That's just who I am. Yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you something. Uh, one of the, one of the things I really wanted to say is, uh, you know, I've listened to some, you know, yeah. some of your podcasts and I'm, I'm right now in my life I'm very I'm, I'm in a, a a wonderful place where I'm just really open like mm -hmm. I, those receptors are really open mm -hmm. and everything is just coming at me now just like in in, in stereo yeah yeah like you know I like when I when I listen to the, your podcasts like it when I hear people's stories you know like like they're better than any, you know, TV mm -hmm. show that I've ever watched. Yeah. Or, or like I get more out of, uh, more joy out of, of hearing those than I do music or mm -hmm. watching TV or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I got a real big receptors open. Right on. Uh, and, and another podcast that I've been listening to a lot lately too mm -hmm. is uh, Ordinary, Ordinary Courage. Yeah, Venetia. Venetia. Yeah. Uh, Venetia Brielt. Yep. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I'm so glad you brought her up. We were talking about her before you got here. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That lady is literally, you know, between her story mm -hmm. and and some of the people that she has mm -hmm. on that uh, program. Yeah. Like, 
that has literally changed the course of my life. Yeah. Like, Good, man. Because my receptor's being open right yeah. now, like I'm telling you, and... and She's uh, an incredible human, man. Oh. Yeah. Well, and you see, one of the reasons why I just have so much respect for her mm-hmm. is because it's almost like if if my life would have went a different way, mm-hmm. you know, that would be the life I would want to live. Yeah. So maybe I might not get to live that life, but you see, I can just... I can get a lot out of it, mm-hmm. and I and I and I actually, you know, have have uh, um, you know reached out and you know just mm-hmm. you know complimented her, and I let her know how how I feel about that. Yeah. And of course, you know how society is, like you know, and of course, uh, in my life, I've always had that little that little uh, mm-hmm. a voice in the back, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You know, yeah. people are going to think this, people are going to think this and that or what have you. But like, you know, I've been very transparent and I've been able to really express my feelings of yeah. gratitude, you know, to Excellent. her. Excellent. Excellent. Because I know that she would appreciate the shit and, out of that. And, 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 and as well, she should. Yeah. And, and, you and know, we all appreciate that though, right? Like, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, you see, that's one of the biggest gifts that, mm. that I've, I, I've been given and I'd like to be able to give other people yeah. is like, you know, I, I'm able to show gratitude Yeah. and, you know, and, and, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, like, and I'm telling you, I, I talk very positive these days. Well, most of the time anyway, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I, for a long time, I felt like a weirdo because I actually, you know, uh, uh, compliment people mm-hmm. and I, I usually bring, you know, like mention, you know, doesn't it freak them out? Pardon me? Doesn't it freak people out? It does. It freaks people out, man. Yeah, like like when you're actually kind to people and you go to yep. go out of your way to say to, to say nice things kind to them. Kind things, yeah. And you build them up. Yeah, it it, it freaks people out. Yeah. You want to see someone get uncomfortable, just watch Darcy while I say thank you. <laughs> Look, he can't even not laugh. <laughs> but, but it's because I'm so fucking grateful, man. Yes, and, and, and you see, that's the thing. Eh? See... <laughs> Well, the thing is, is, is when we understand our mm-hmm. place in life. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Mm. When I was moving to Calgary, there was a, I worked in a newspaper office, like I said. So uh, there was a fella that I worked with that came to me two weeks before I moved up here. And by the way, I got to tell you, I worked at that place for 13 years. Mm-hmm. That was the type of place that, you know, in Moncton in general, a lot of the places that you worked at, if you had a good job, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't leave it, right? Yeah. You know, especially to move somewhere else where you didn't have a job to go to, yeah. right? Because when I moved here, I didn't move to mm-hmm. here for, for work. I moved here to basically, you know, save my life. And survive. Yeah, and yeah. survive, if you will, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, basically, um, this fella came to me a couple of weeks before I moved up here, and he, and he handed me a McLean's Magazine article. And that article basically, you know, basically came down to saying that Canada was one of the best, if not the best country to live in mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. And they were talking about the cities in Canada. And they basically said that Calgary at that time in 89 was probably one of the best cities to live in. Mm-hmm. So basically what I was just given was, yeah. is I was moving to the best place in the world. That's a pretty good gift, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, like, you know, when, when, I, when I look at uh, those things, and uh, uh, another thing that keeps me sober is too, is when I look at, and I'm sure that you gentlemen could probably agree with me on this, is I, I know that you, you know, if you lived a rough life or if you didn't, what mm-hmm. have you, 
when I look at the things that could have happened to me mm-hmm. and should have happened to me that didn't happen to me, mm-hmm. you know, and then when I think about going back, yeah, the way I look at it is, is if I go back, all bets are off. Oh, yeah. You know, everything and, becomes possible, my friend. Exactly. Yeah. And, and somebody else, I was just talking to a, a, a lady that I have a lot of respect for. And uh, she, she told me that a lot of people, the reason why, uh, what, she, what she heard was, is, uh, is, and you might be able to, you know, uh, shed a little light on this too, I don't know. But uh, she said that uh, the reason why a lot of people, when they, uh, when they relapse, they actually end up dying mm-hmm. is because you know how when you go back, you go back to right where you were. Yeah. So but your body's not there anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like an alcoholic wouldn't go back to, you know, having a couple of beer in, in the, in the bar. Right. Maybe They're, at first. Yeah. For my first couple of days. Right. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, and then all of a sudden they're slamming a 40 or whatever. And yeah. that's the reason why people die. Right. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, I wouldn't survive that. Yeah. Like, I really do believe that if I went back, I don't think that there's, I don't give myself the luxury of thinking that I mm-hmm. would, I would survive it. Right. Yeah. You and me both. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, there was another point I was making about, I think when I, oh yeah. So when I moved up here, get a load of this now. Um, I just want I, I forgot to say this mm-hmm. when I gave my notice at the place I worked at. Yeah. There's a lady that that knew my dad, and she was like pretty, you know, high up, and mm-hmm. like she was a union president yeah. there, and uh, she, like, you know, she was a kind of a bigwig in the city, and about 15 minutes after I gave my notice, she pulled me aside and brought me into an office. She said, "Okay, Wayne, you know, like, I want you to be honest with me, you know, like, are you going to jail?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "And if you are, like, I, I might be able to, you know, it's yeah. like." You know, and it's like, no, I, I just want to, like, she couldn't, mm-hmm. people didn't leave the type of job that I had, Yeah. you know, and uh, she couldn't, like, nobody could believe yeah. that I was just leaving, right? Yeah. But when she knew why I, I was yeah. leaving, she got it. And I had the pleasure of seeing her a year after I was up here, and she came up for a conference or something. I met up with her, and I went to dinner with her, and mm-hmm. she was able to see me, how much I changed in that 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 one year mm-hmm. and that did her a lot of good and, yeah. and uh that just made me feel a lot better too mm. right on so uh uh we were we're starting to to wind it down mm-hmm. and of course me thinking i was all over the place or what have you uh i kind of forgot where i was at but you're saying uh exactly uh, where you gotta be exactly uh you were saying <laughs> uh if if i could basically yeah, if you were if you were speaking, even if you were to think about it like you were speaking to yourself when you were younger, yeah. you know that person that's in the dark that doesn't know, maybe just something that worked for you, right? That yeah. you wish somebody might have told you sooner, or however that works. Yeah, well, I I, th- I think I think for me it's it's um, wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself in life, mm-hmm. you know. It's never as bad as what you perceive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I, like I remember for years, you know, I had, you know, low self-esteem and I'd say this and that. And people would tell me, I don't, I don't see you like that at all, mm-hmm. right? You know, people have to understand that our own perception a lot of times is not reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and especially today, 
with all the resources we have here mm -hmm. in Calgary and, you know, in life. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many resources now that can help us. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, there's one more thing I want to say uh, about, uh, you know, recovery and, you know, us changing and stuff mm -hmm. like this. Th th I, I would be remiss if I, didn't, if I didn't bring this up. This is about a year and a half or two years after I was sober. Mm -hmm. I was downtown in the Beltline and I saw this fellow pushing a cart. And uh, at one time before I sobered up, I mean, I used to have to work pretty hard. Sometimes I had, you know, two jobs or what have you. And I used to take offense to people being out on, you know, yeah. the panhandlers, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I almost got in a fight with one guy one time because he, I think he was one of the guys that had the system. Mm -hmm. He would go over here and then you see him over here. Yeah. And I mean, the guy dressed as good as I did, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, like whatever was going on, I took offense to that, right? Because mm -hmm. I, to me, it was like, you know, I'm justified in feeling the way I do because I have a job, right? But I don't mm -hmm. know his circumstances. Yeah. And I remember, you know, kind of like, you know, expressing that to him and mm -hmm. it didn't go well. And, you know, <laughs> I was lucky we didn't get in a fight, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, when I seen this fella on the street, I asked myself, now I wonder if he is, if he's, you know, if, if he's an alcoholic mm -hmm. or if he has, uh, if, if, he, if he is, maybe has a mental illness mm -hmm. or whatever. And I remember saying a prayer for him. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you something, right there, the light went on, and I said, you know what? I'm getting it, man. I'm mm -hmm. starting to get it now. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and I'll tell you something. I, I have, you know, helped people since I've been in recovery, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, gone over like a fart in church, so to speak, you know, yeah. in my mind, right? But, and, you know, and I had some fairly bad experiences. I just remember hearing loud farts in church. Cause I, <laughs> I've been going to church since I was a kid. You, you know, I, like a I, fart in church. I love it. And, you know, speaking about that, I got, I got to tell you something. And I almost like, is it just me? But I've been going to recovery for, I, I've been in the meetings going, you know, 10, 11 years. I, and I don't know if I'm just lucky or not, but I've never heard, I once heard anyone, anyone fart in a meeting. Really? Yeah, I never oh. have. Man, and I, I've heard I, some good ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I figure if it was going to be anybody, it would be me, right? <laughs> well, and I always assume it's going to be me, but usually it was my old sponsor would do it and literally kill the whole corner in a meeting. Like everybody get up gagging. And, oh, yeah. Well, and he'd just be like smiling. And oh, like, taking pride in it, right? Yep, yeah. Well, totally. Well, see, the thing is, is uh, I guess I've never had the pleasure, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Yet. No, yet, yet. <laughs> and you see, that was the whole thing about, about yeah. you know, your bottom, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, you may, you never got, you, you you're not there mm -hmm. yet. And that's what I was saying earlier when I said, well, if I was to drink, anything's possible. And what I mean by that is all the yets that I haven't got to, Bingo. those all become possible. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know that they become possible because as soon as you put a drink in me, I'm an idiot. Oh, like. I never did it. I, I think probably I had a lot of fun when I was younger and maybe a couple times when I got older, but honestly, it just, it turned me into a different person. So, and, and you know, that, that I, you hear a, a lot about people just having one drink and mm -hmm. then, you know, boom, that, that, that whole thing comes back. And when, when Karen was, uh, uh, when mm -hmm. I heard Karen's podcast, uh, she had talked about having to change her recovery date, which yeah. I thought was just what like like that that's integrity eh? powerful she yeah. had that one drink in the mm -hmm. way that it made her feel yeah you know 
that made that that made her change. But you know, she knew, right? And mm -hmm. when I heard that, I got to tell you something. That that was an aha moment for me too, yeah. right? Because I, it it made me realize that, like you know, I might not have that control that she did. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, so, and that's and that's a slippery slope. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. But well, I but uh, if I could say anything, yeah. uh, you know. I'm happy today by the grace of God because I have a relationship with God mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, I, I am I am in recovery uh, I may not be as involved in recovery as I at once thought that mm -hmm. I had to be yeah and my relationship with God is not maybe as good as yours or that guy's or mm -hmm. it might be as better you know better than his or what have you but I have a relationship with God I'd right? say your relationship with God is pretty awesome considering you have a loving home some loving, couple of loving sons, yeah. a wife, like, I don't know, that's a pretty good relationship with whatever creator's up there, I think. Well, uh, yes, uh, yeah, and, and see, that's the whole thing, eh? Yeah. And, I, and I don't look at anymore what I don't have. Yeah. I look at what I have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and I, I know that there was a point that I was trying to make, but that's okay. Dude, you made it. We made yeah. lots of points. That's good. Yeah. We just don't get to decide when the point is taken and when it's not. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, Wayne. Well, thank you so much, Dave. And, really and as I mentioned off air, uh, you know, I guess uh, the the emotional place I'm at right now mm -hmm. didn't allow me to be the regular horse's ass that I am with my sense of humor. But that's okay. It's okay. That's yeah. okay. I'll, we'll we'll leave that for the stage, right? <laughs> well, and there's always next time. You never know. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Right? No, I I. I, I I'm 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 always open to to service, you know. Cool. And uh, anytime, and as I said again, this was a tremendous uh, uh, honor and privilege oh, for me. Thank you, man. I appreciate that.